You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. To know him is to love him. Amen. If you know the Lord Jesus Christ, he's become very precious to you. And especially if you walk with him day by day, amen, the more you get to know him, the, the more precious he is to you. And you got your Bibles this evening, I trust you do. Turn with me to Luke chapter 9, Luke chapter 9. And I may be a little loud, I don't know. I don't want to blow you out, okay? All right, Luke chapter 9. I believe the Lord have us go in this direction tonight. And hold your place there in Luke chapter 9. And turn over with me to a couple other, a few other chapters to chapter 14. And we're actually going to take our text from chapter 14, but we're going to preach from chapter 9. How about that? Amen. I do appreciate the church allowing us to come every year, and not only to minister in music, but Brother Ralph is a special blessing to be able to preach. Amen. It's good to see Brother Ralph. I saw him the other day, and I didn't get to speak to him, so I'm speaking to you now, brother. <laughs> Just wanted to get that out of the way. Amen. Luke chapter 14, and you got your place there in Luke chapter 9, but hold your place there, and, and would you mind standing with us? You've been sitting for a while. If you're physically able to stand, stretch your legs for a little bit. We're just going to read one verse, and then, we'll, and then we'll go to chapter 9, and then we'll preach from that. But the title of the message, and you, I think you'll understand why I'm reading these verses, the title of the message tonight is Counting the Cost. Counting the Cost. Look with me in verse 28 of chapter 14, Luke 14, verse 28. The Bible says, For which of you, and this is Jesus speaking in a message here, he says, For which of you, intending to build a tower, sitteth not down first, and counteth the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it? We'll stop with the reading right there and pray. Lord, I thank you so much for the grace and the kindness and the love and the favor you've shown us, Lord, to be able to to come and worship you for a little bit, Lord, and also preach from your word, Father. But you know, Lord, my heart, my, my thoughts, Lord, I'm incapable of doing what you've called me do, to do unless you help me, Father. And, Lord, you promised to do it in that, and I'm trusting in that tonight. Pray that you touch us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much. Counting the cost. Now, if you're back in Luke chapter 9, uh, we'll be starting, if you want to turn over to chapter, or excuse me, verse 57. Verse 57. And uh, matter of fact, let's go ahead and read from there to the end of the chapter so you have a little bit of understanding where we're coming from. It seems like there's some, some people walking with Jesus and the subject of following him comes up about following Jesus. And he, you know, he's unlike most preachers. He's, you know, a lot of preachers, they tell you, you know, well, I shouldn't say a lot, but some, these health and wealth preachers, they'll tell you, you know, you need to be saved, you need to become a Christian because it's all glamorous. You know, it's all good. It's all gold. <laughs> you know, just come and, and uh, uh, follow the Lord Jesus Christ and everything will be okay. That's not the way Jesus handled things. He says, wait a minute. Before you decide to do that, before you decide to follow Jesus, you need to count the cost. Now, let me explain something here. Uh, he's talking about discipleship. 
Now, I trust that each and every one of us that are here tonight are Christians. What I mean by, we use that phrase Christian lightly, really, because uh, Christian actually means Christ-like. You can be saved, but not nothing like, a, like living like Christ. That you understand that. But we do say, you know, uh, the same word for Christian being saved. But uh, I'm talking about being saved. I'm talking about not only being saved, but going farther to the next step of being a disciple of Jesus Christ. And that's really what a Christian is, is a disciple of Jesus Christ. And that's what he's talking about. You know, not everybody, I guess what I'm trying to say to you tonight, everybody that's saved is not a disciple. And everybody that's saved is not a Christian. You know, I, matter of fact, I don't like calling myself a Christian. You say, Brother Brady, you don't like calling yourself a Christian. I like calling myself a child of God, born again. I'm that. I'll call myself that because nothing that I do merits that. Jesus merited that for me. Amen. But being a Christian, I'd rather somebody else call me a Christian. Now, I would love for somebody to call me a Christian because they're saying you're Christ-like. Amen. You understand where I'm coming from. But I just wanted to say that before I read these verses. Uh, but let's read them right through quickly here down to the end of the chapter, about five or six verses, I believe it is. But the Bible says in verse 57, And it came to pass that as they went, in the way, now let me pause one more time. <laughs> I keep pausing, I'm sorry about that. But when they, it says when they, talking about Jesus and the other people, probably his disciples and some other people that wanted to be disciples, okay? As they, as they went in the way, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. And Jesus uh, said unto him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. And he said unto another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. Jesus said unto him, Let the dead bury the dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me first go bid them farewell, which are at home at my house. And Jesus said unto him, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Going back to the first part here, we see that there were three different men, three different people that, that Jesus uh, questioned about this following him. I guess you could say he's really asking them or telling them, says, do you really, really want to follow me? <laughs> because there's a cost to be paid. There's a cost in following, following me. And he's saying to them, have you counted the cost? You know, in these days that we're living in, there's some cost to following Jesus. Amen. And we see that in this first, first guy that comes. And let's just read it again in verse 57 and verse 58. And it came to pass that as they went in the way, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. And Jesus said unto him, Foxes have holes, and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. Isn't that something that the Lord Jesus Christ, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, didn't have a place to lay his head? Amen. Matter of fact, you think about all the things that Jesus did. He never bought anything, as far as I can see in the Scriptures. He borrowed all the things he used, didn't he not? He borrowed a donkey one time. He borrowed a grave. 
He borrowed a stable, basically his mom and dad did, borrowed those things, and everything Jesus used, he borrowed. And the only, the only thing that he bought, guess what, he did buy one thing, that was the church. Amen. We talked about that the other night. The church, we are the church. He paid for the church on the cross with his precious blood. Amen. But he didn't really own anything. Amen. But he, and I, I believe that's great because uh, Jesus, I believe, wanted to uh, suffer like most, a lot of people suffer in this world today, not having anything. Says the foxes have holes, the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath nowhere to lay his head. What about that? I tell you what, if he can survive not having anything, I believe we'll be okay, don't you? Amen. But I, I think what Jesus is saying in these verses, number one, along these lines, I believe that he is saying there's some conveniences you're going to have to give up. To, to count the cost, there's some things you're going to have to give up. And uh, number one, he's giving up conveniences. You know, it's not always convenient to serve the Lord, is it? Matter of fact, some of you tonight might have had to maybe work around some inconveniences to make it to church. A lot of times it's not always convenient. And let me just say this, throw this in right here. Some of you are taking a risk <laughs> by coming to church these days that we're living, aren't you? You're taking that some, a little bit of a risk coming, you know, around, getting around people. And uh, that's a blessing and I, that you're willing to do that. You're willing to, to accept some inconveniences, but it's not always convenient to serve the Lord. And then let me say also, I believe Jesus is saying that when he said, I have no place to lay my head. I believe he's saying that also there's, there's a, you're going to have to give some comforts up, some comforts. It's not always comfortable to serve the Lord. And I, I'll say to y'all tonight, y'all always take care of us, and I appreciate that when we come out here. But not, ever, not everybody does that. Amen. Sometimes it gets uncomfortable. <laughs> Sometimes you may, on your job, when you're trying to witness for the Lord, maybe it gets a little bit uncomfortable. Maybe the people that you work for make it uncomfortable for you to serve the Lord, to talk about the Lord. Well, listen, Jesus didn't say it was going to be easy. <laughs> to, to be a disciple... Uh, let me say it again. To be a Christian or to be born again, it's easy. You can just ask the Lord Jesus Christ to save you. But if you want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, it's going to cost you. I'm going to be honest with you. Not many people will tell you this. Not many preachers or I guess I should say, I say a lot, a lot of preachers, a lot of preachers would tell you that. But some of these TV evangelists wouldn't tell you that. Amen. It's going to cost you. To be a disciple. Now, we, now, every one of you tonight may be a disciple. You may have decided, you may have already counted the cost. But if you hadn't, you need to count the cost. There's some things, there's a price you're going to have to pay. Now, as I said, there's some inconveniences you're going to have to endure. There's some uncomfortable situations you're going to have to deal with. And then let me say along these lines, I believe Jesus was saying that the he has no place to lay his head. I believe he's saying there's some inconsistencies in serving the Lord. Not everything's always the same. Now, Brother Richard, I've always heard that, that the ladies like stability in life. I mean, they like the same place to go home to and, you know, the same car to drive and everything like that. But you know what? I found out one thing. I like stability pretty good myself. Amen. <laughs> I like consistency. 
I, I like those things. And, uh, but you know what? If, you, if you're going to serve the Lord, everything may not be, uh, you may not always have your ducks in a row. <laughs> everything may not be just like you're expecting it to be. There may be, and let me just say it this way, there will be some inconsistency. You know, not everybody's always the same. You come to church, you expect them, some people to be nice that are normally nice. Well, they may have had a bad day, and they may not be consistent. We're not consistent in our attitudes, in our moods. Amen. Somebody really needs to say amen right there. Amen. We're not always consistent <laughs> in our moods, how we respond to things. Amen. And we need to accept that, that a disciple needs to understand there's some inconveniences, there's some uncomfortable situations, there's some inconsistencies in serving the Lord. And then Jesus responds to this second man here. And uh, he, in verse uh, 59, in verse 59 and 60, the Bible says, And he said unto another, it says, Follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. Jesus said unto him, Let the dead bury their dead. Let the dead bury their dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. Now, I have to admit, when I first read that, I'm thinking, Lord, are you being insensitive to this man that his father has died? But, you know, don't always, don't, don't read anything that's not in there. It doesn't say that the, his father died. <laughs> he says, I want to be there to bury my father. As I mentioned at the beginning of the message, I said that it seems like that there was a lot of people walking with Jesus and following him, and these three men say they want to follow the Lord, but, uh, uh, but he doesn't say to the man, you know, well, the man didn't say that his father had died. He just says, I want to be there to bury my father. And why did he want to be there to bury his father? Why did he, well, I think it may have been for several reasons. And for one thing, he didn't know when his father was going to die, so he would have had to been there all the time waiting on his father to die. But it, he may have been wanting to be there to, so he could get that inheritance from his father. You know, and I was thinking about this, some things you have to give up to be a follower of the Lord, a disciple of Jesus Christ. There's some control that you have to give up. There's some things that you, that you normally would be in control of that you have to give up. And I got to think about somebody in the scriptures that would uh, represent this or be a good illustration of this. And I thought of Moses. And if he would turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12, Hebrews, or excuse me, Hebrews chapter 11, I think Moses is a good illustration of someone who give up a lot of things to follow the Lord or follow uh, the Lord in his day. Hebrews chapter 11. Most of you know this passage, but let's read it together. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24, the Bible says, By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Let's pause for just a moment. Moses could have possibly been the next Pharaoh in line. And uh, that's, that's what he was giving up. He possibly could have been the ruler of, of Egypt, most likely been the ruler of Egypt. But what did he, he do? He gave all that up. 
to, to lead the people of God. My, my, what, how much he had to give up. He says, choosing rather to suffer the affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Notice verse 26, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasure in, treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Now, Moses, yes, he gave a lot, a lot up, being the leader, I believe, of Egypt. But you know what? If he had been a Pharaoh, I don't think we would have ne ever known Moses' name. But because he chose to follow the Lord, he was given the Ten Commandments. He was, he was able to see the presence of the Lord. He saw the glory of God. He got to see the, he didn't get to enter into it, but he got to see the, the Canaan land, the promised land. He got to see all those things because of the things that he gave up. Amen. And because he was willing to give all those things up, he's in our Bible that we read today. Amen. Yeah. But yes, he gave away, he gave up some temporal things, but to enjoy some eternal things. Amen. I'll say that to you, and I'll say that again. When you give up these temporal things to follow the Lord, you've given them up for the eternal things. As the Bible says that moth and rust does not corrupt. Amen. I'd rather have the things that's going to last than these temporal things. Matter of fact, you think about it, child of God, all the things that we see around us tonight, all the things that we work for every day, all those things are just temporal things, just temporal things. Moving on to the last one here, uh, to the last guy that met, talks about wanting to follow the Lord in verse 61. The Bible says, And another also said, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me first go bid them farewell, which are at home at my house. And Jesus said unto him, No man, having put his hand to the plow, and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. And notice here again, you know, it may seem to you when we first read this that Jesus is being insensitive to this man. That he just wants to go home and tell his mom and dad bye, tell his family bye, but Jesus never says to this man, don't go home. He don't say that. You read that? When you read that, you may think, well, Jesus didn't want him to go home. Jesus never said, don't go home. He says, just remember, if, if you, you know, turn back, no man having put his head to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. You know what I believe he's saying there? Anytime you decide to serve the Lord, there's going to be somebody probably that's going to try to discourage you. You know, this may possibly be a young man wanting to serve the Lord, and Jesus recognized that he possibly had a family back home that would try to talk him out of it. How many people, probably young people, have decided to follow Jesus maybe in a camp somewhere just to give their life totally to the Lord, just to go home and their mom and dad talk them out of it, Brother Michael? I'm sure that happens a lot of times. And I believe that's exactly what Jesus was warning this man about, about following the Lord. Uh, you got to give it all. You can't look back once you decided you're going to follow him. You got to give it your all. And so I say in the last part there, he's, you're, there's some concerns that you're going to have to give up. There's some conveniences you're going to have to give up, some comfort, some consistency, some control, and then some concerns. 
But I want to go to another passage tonight to end the message. Let's go to Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18. And I love this passage of Scripture. And this is sort of the same situation where it comes up about following the Lord. And uh, Peter, I guess he probably, well, I know he had, had heard all these things that Jesus talked about. You know, all the things that I'm going to have to give up to follow the Lord. And I guess you could say Peter was at the front of the line when it came to following the, following the Lord. He definitely gave it all up to follow the Lord. But then he says in verse 28 of Luke chapter 18, he says, Then Peter said, Lo, we have left all and followed thee. And he said unto them, Jesus said unto to him, Verily I say unto you, There is no man that hath left house or parents, or brethren, or wife, or children, for the kingdom of God's sake, who shall not receive manifold more in this present time and in the world to come, life everlasting. Amen. That blesses me tonight. To know, that, listen, that you're not going to outgive God. Yeah, if you're going to serve the Lord, I want you to know some things you need to count. You need to count the cost. There's some things you're going to have to give up. But guess what you're going to get in return? Some eternal things. And uh, not only eternal things, but I love what Jesus says. If you give up these things, who shall not receive manifold more in this present time? There's some blessings to enjoy today amen I can I use this personal illustration for us traveling the country you know sometimes it it gets a little hard uh, not seeing some of our family especially since I've got some grandbabies <laughs> you know I, and I, I would love to be able to see them thank the Lord for Facebook uh, FaceTime Facebook too but especially FaceTime man I'm loving that real good right now but you know what uh, I would love to see them in person but you know what? If I, I didn't, if I saw them all the time and didn't get, didn't travel, I wouldn't have got to meet some of y'all. And y'all, if you're saved tonight, you're my brother or my sister in the Lord. Amen. Amen. That's a blessing that I get to see all and uh, all my brothers and sisters as we travel across the country. Amen. That I would never have gotten to see you. That's a blessing to me. You know. You give up sometimes with your immediate family. And by the way, that immediate family is, is just my temporal family, really. When I get to heaven, that we're all going to be family. Well, we're already all family, you know, in the Lord. But, you know, that's just my earthly family. I'll have them in heaven, praise the Lord. You know, hopefully my grandchildren get saved. I, I believe the Lord will save them. I, hopefully they'll trust in the Lord. And, uh, but all that are come to the age of accountability, they are already saved, and I praise God for that. And they'll be my family forever. They're my eternal family. But so are you. So are you. And, and I thank God for that. You give up, uh, if you give up seeing a few, you get to see a lot <laughs> in serving the Lord. And uh, I'd have to say that God has rewarded us manifold. Manifold. You know, in the scriptures, uh, that word manifold, that, that's not talking about what's under the hood in your engine, by the way. <laughs> you know, uh, that word manifold can mean different colored. Different color of ways God blesses you. 
You know, there's some, there's some green blessings. <laughs> yes, God has blessed us with some green along the line, along the way. Amen? Some green things. He's blessed us with a lot of that, and I praise God for that. And he's blessed us with some blue blessings. The health he's given us to travel and sing and praise him. Amen. He's given us all those things. And, and all those things that's blessed our hearts, I call them the red blessings. Things that have blessed us. You can't put a price tag on seeing somebody get a blessing. Amen. That's worth more than gold. Amen. And I praise God for that, that we have manifold blessings. But guess what? It don't stop here. And he says, not only manifold blessings, let's look, read it one more time. He says, who shall not receive manifold more in this present time and in the world to come, life everlasting. I say, my friend, yes, if you want to serve the Lord, you need to count the cost. There's going to be some uncomfortable situations, some inconsistencies. Uh, there's going to be some uh, control that you may have would have liked to have uh, in your family or maybe maybe in a business that you used to would have. There's some concerns you're going to have to let go of. But my friend, let me just say in closing, the rewards, the, the rewards for serving the Lord is out of this world. <laughs> it's out of this world. Amen. And I, I wouldn't, as the song says, I wouldn't take nothing for my journey now. I wouldn't take nothing from our journey now. It's a blessing serving the Lord. It's a blessing coming out here and being with you folks. Amen. And, and, and the thing about it, we get to enjoy these blessings throughout eternity. It's an eternal thing. And I praise God for that. It's a wonderful thing. Yes, it's a cost to, to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. But God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. And let me just say this. I'm trying to close here, but you read that verse. I believe it's, I, I believe it may be in Philippians. I can't remember where that comes from just right off the top of my head, but I know it's one of Paul's writings. But you read that when he says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Did you know that he's not really, most of the time we use that about sin. You know, if you're going to sow, sow wild oats, you're going to reap wild oats. Amen. Uh, but he's really, that's not the context of that verse. The context of that verse is that you can't outgive God. God's not going to let you outdo him. <laughs> God is not moss. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. God, and that's one thing about in uh, harvesting, you'll always reap a lot more than you sow. Amen. And it's usually a long ways down the road when you, when you reap, but you will reap what you sow, but you'll reap a lot more than you sow. Amen. Well, I'm thinking of another verse, and these verses just keep coming back to me. That's the, the Song of Solomon, or the, the Solomon said in Ecclesiastes, it says, cast thy bread upon the water, and you'll find it after many days. Amen. You know, I was thinking, Brother Richard, <laughs> I'm trying to close here, but that bread, you, you ever put a piece of bread in the water? <laughs> it soaks up all that water. You, you throw a piece of bread on the water, it's going to soak up all that water. And you know that's the way giving to the Lord. 
You may just cast a piece of bread on the water, but it's going to soak up so much. And it's going to weigh twice, three times, maybe ten times more than what it did when you cast it in the water. Give unto the Lord, and it shall be given to you. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give unto you. I'm just trying to say to you tonight, you can't outgive God. Serve the Lord with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your might. Count the cost, but, but understand that it pays in the long run. Let's stand with our heads bowed and eyes closed as the girls, if they could come and sing a song. This song is written, Mary, uh, Brianna, she wrote this song, along with a friend of hers, wrote this song, says, I will follow you. I say this a lot. Matter of fact, I say it every time they sing the song. The greatest decision I ever decided to do was to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And that was a decision I made when I was six years old. That was the decision to follow him in salvation. But wait a minute now. You only get saved one time. But serving the Lord, deciding to serve the Lord is a daily thing. This discipleship, and I'm, I'm talking to people that I hope wants to be a disciple. You don't want to just be saved. You want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. You want to follow him. That's an everyday decision. Jesus said, take up your cross daily and follow me. If you want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, you've got, you've got to die daily to what your flesh wants and do what the Lord wants you to do. Yes, I'm glad I decided to follow him in salvation, but you know what? Discipleship means following him every day of your life. Giving the Lord all you got every day. As they sing, you come. If God's dealt with your heart tonight, you come, would you?